Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, featuring your host, Anna Jaworski. Our program is a program designed to empower the CHD or congenital heart defect community. Our program may also help families who have children who are chronically ill by bringing information and encouragement to you in order to become an advocate for your community. Now, here is Anna Jaworski. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. I am Anna Jaworski and the host of Heart to Heart with Anna. This is the eighth episode of season seven, and our theme this season is congenital heart defects around the globe. Our show today is CHDs Around the Globe, World Down Syndrome Day in the UK. And today's show, we are going to be featuring a very special guest, the director of Down's Syndrome Heart Group. I'm very excited to have a chance to introduce you to Penny Green. She's very active on the internet, and she found me and informed me all about World Down Syndrome Day. So I can't wait to share with you what I have learned, and I can't wait to hear more about Penny. Penny Green is the director of Down's Heart Group, and she has played a pivotal role in the development of resources and materials for people with Down Syndrome who also have a heart defect. Penny has also done a huge amount of work for Down Syndrome Foundation Nigeria and is involved in setting up a charity in the UK to support the work in Nigeria. Penny is an avid supporter of Down Syndrome International, also known as DSI, and regularly fundraises for the cause. Penny is also well-known throughout the Down Syndrome Facebook community, managing the World Down Syndrome Day Facebook group, which has 20,000 members. Penny is a parent representative on the Down Syndrome Medical Interest Group UK. In 2002, Penny was a torchbearer for the Olympic Games carrying a torch for Down Syndrome. In 2010, Penny had pink hair for three months to mark her 50th birthday and her late son's 21st birthday on August 3rd that year. Penny received a World Down Syndrome Day Award from DSI in 2015. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Penny. Thanks for having me on the show, Anna. It's great to be talking to you. Well, I'm so excited to be talking to you, too. It's been kind of a whirlwind relationship with us. We just found out about each other recently, and it's just been so much fun to get to know you better. Actually, I've been following you for a little while, so that's why I contacted you about World Down Syndrome Day, because I wondered if you knew, and I thought it was a topic that you might be interested in. Oh, well, that's so awesome. I'm glad you've been following the show for a while. It's been so much fun to work on this show. And you are the first parent to come on the show and talk about Down Syndrome. So I'm so happy that you could be here. So let's start by talking about what World Down Syndrome Day is. And tell us a little bit about your son, when he was born and when you discovered he had Down Syndrome. World Down Syndrome Day, as the name implies, is a day when people all around the world who have any links with Down Syndrome celebrate 
the Down syndrome community gets involved in various fundraising activities and it's just all about raising awareness and it's held on March the 21st each year. It started in 2006 so it's the 11th anniversary. So that's really what World Down Syndrome Day is about. The day, the 21st of March, is because obviously Down Syndrome is three copies of chromosome 21, so 321. So that's why oh, the date that's shows. so clever. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put that together till just now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the reason I got involved with the Down Syndrome community basically was, as you say, my son, my second son, Daniel, who was actually born a month early, like his older brother, actually, and managed to arrive actually on my 29th birthday, rather unexpectedly. And we had absolutely no idea that he had Down syndrome, that there was anything wrong with him at all. I had a few complications. I had to go to theatre after the birth. So basically, it was about six hours after he was born, before my husband had come back to the hospital and they were able to tell us that they'd had a look at him. He'd gone into special care because they told me got a bit cold while I was in the theatre, but obviously it was because they'd actually recognised the characteristics. And so they took him in there to monitor him and have a good look at him. And so six hours on, we found out that they needed blood tests to confirm, but they, they strongly suspected that he had Down syndrome. And at that time, we both knew very little about Down syndrome at all. Wrongly, like a lot of people, I thought it was something that only happened to older mothers. Any age can have a child with Down syndrome. I know mums of 16. So it was all a bit of a shock. And what we didn't actually know, of course, was that there is quite a strong link with congenital heart disease in Down syndrome. So we had more surprises to come. Right, right. Yes, there is a very high correlation between Down syndrome and congenital heart defects. It's pretty close to 50%. Isn't that true? Yeah, that's true. I mean, the figures differ very slightly from country to country when you actually look at them. But generally, it levels out at about 47% of them have some form of defect. Obviously, some are less than others. But yeah, about 47%. Wow. So now we know why Down syndrome is important to you since you had a son who was born with that heart defect. But tell me how you became associated with World Down Syndrome Day. World Down Syndrome Day started in Singapore. The group in Singapore basically came up with the idea and they held the first one in 2006. And that was shortly after there'd been a World Down Syndrome Congress that I went to. We spoke at that congress and the guy who was heading up the Singapore Down Syndrome Foundation is somebody that I knew. So it started and obviously I knew about it. And then over the years, it's gradually got a bit further developed. I've always believed in sharing information. I think it's really important that parents who've already got experience use that experience to try and support new parents. And I think we're all learning from what's happened in the past and we can pay it forward into the future. So the idea of sharing around the world, different places have different levels of understanding and knowledge. So I was very keen on that. And actually what happened was I found the group on Facebook that somebody had set up and then had left so it was without an administrator and I just saw it and Facebook has one of those buttons this group has no admin would you like to do it and I thought that sounds like an incredible idea I believe in this let's <laughs> let's start doing it and actually when we were talking before we were organizing to do this show it was 20,000 I have to say we've topped 21,000 now for oh world, my gosh. For world 
Wow, that is amazing. And maybe after the show airs, you'll get even more because more people will be aware of it. That is just amazing. Over 21,000 people. And that just goes to show how prevalent Down syndrome is and how many people are affected by it. It's really helpful for parents to have that contact so that they don't feel they are the only person in the world. But of course, with the beauty of Facebook, you can actually reach out to people who are quite isolated. It's really good. Yeah, I think it is too. I really like how you and I could be connected. I mean, 20 years ago, Penny, we wouldn't really have had a way to connect because I didn't even have internet service 20 years ago. So it's pretty amazing to me how far we've come so quickly. Now I have friends all over the world and literally any day I can be talking to people all over the world. But that's because of the beauty of the internet. I totally agree with you. But we still have lots of challenges that we're facing in trying to get information out. So what's the biggest challenge that you're facing in trying to get information out about Down syndrome? I think really getting it out to parents when they need it, which really is the diagnosis, but that doesn't always happen. Even in developed countries, the medical profession know about organisations and things, but they don't necessarily pass on the information. Fortunately, now people do get on the internet and they Google and things, but that in itself can be a concern because obviously as well as some really good information out there, there's also some bad information and, and some scary stuff out there. So I think that's one big issue, trying to get them what they need at a level that they can understand in parent-friendly language at the time that they actually need it. And then, of course, actually getting factual information to other countries where they don't have the level of support, even the level of medical diagnosis that countries like the US, places in Europe have. So there's that a big issue getting that information out to people when they really need it most at that point when you're given the diagnosis and you feel like you're the only person in the world going through that scenario. And I can totally relate to that. I think you're right. Getting the information, getting helpful, digestible information, because don't you think when you're first told you go into shock and it's hard to even process what you're told? Absolutely. When we ended up, when Daniel was four days old, going to Great Ormond Street Hospital, which I'm sure most people will have heard of. It's a very famous hospital in London. We ended up there. We went by ambulance and we got there and they did some tests and things. He was actually there because he'd got a bowel blockage, but obviously they checked his heart over because by then they knew there was something wrong. I remember the doctor sort of standing there explaining, this was a Sunday evening, and explaining it all. And my husband seemed to get it. He used to be a builder and he kind of likened it to a, a central heating system and the way the water gets warmed up and then goes round the radiators. And to me, I was just like, <laughs> wow, straight over my head. And I was thinking, well, I'm sure we did the heart in biology at school. Why can't I remember anything? And the one yeah. thing that struck me was they were basically saying Daniel had three holes in his heart. And because naively I didn't understand that the size of where they are and everything makes a difference, I was just thinking, oh, I remember that child when I was about nine. There was a little girl of about three lived near to us and she used to be pushed around in a pushchair because she had a hole in her heart and then she had surgery and after that she was running about. So, oh, it's a bit bad he's got three holes, but presumably you just repair three instead of one and we're 20 years on, it'll be fine. Little did I know. <laughs> Right. I think there's just so much for us to know whether our child has Down syndrome or a heart defect or, heaven forbid, Down syndrome and a heart defect. I mean, there's 
just so much to know. And I think it is important that we get information as soon as possible. But I also think that what you have done in preparing some literature to help others is so important because I think we only process a certain amount of information each time it's told to us. And as we start to come out of the fog that comes with the diagnosis, we can start to process more. But we have to hear a lot of this information more than once, don't you think, Penny? Yeah, I mean, it's like a foreign language to start with, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's just so we've got information sheets on the different heart defects rather than having it all in a booklet with everything. And the idea is we'll always say to parents, ask your questions of the doctors. If you do nothing else, get them to write down on a piece of paper what it is that is wrong. Because then if you come to us and you say it says this, it may be that you haven't got a clue what that word means or that collection of words means. But then we can be clear on what they've told you and we can point you in the direction of the information sheet that has a very simple drawing to understand and a very simple explanation in parent-friendly language without all the jargon explaining what happens, what that actually means is happening in your child's heart and what that's likely to mean as regards whether they'll need surgery or drug treatment or whatever in the future. And then also you can pass it on to grandparents because that's the other thing. Mm -hmm. You go into the meeting, you talk to the doctor, don't you? You think, yes, okay, yeah, I've asked all the questions and I think I understand it all. And then you go home and the grandparents or siblings or whoever say, so what did they say? And suddenly you're like, blank, I can't explain this. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, I totally get it, Penny. You are so right. The other thing is as well, isn't that all the heart defects have long technical names. So of course, the medical profession use acronyms. An AVSD sounds like an ASD or AVSD, and people sometimes get the wrong thing. They thought they've heard, oh, my child's got an AVSD, when it's my child's got a. VSD. It's <laughs> really so confusing. Yep. But we're going to talk about that more in a little bit. We're already coming up to our first commercial <laughs> break. Hold tight and don't leave yet, listeners, because when we come back, we're going to talk to Penny a little bit more about Daniel and the different organizations that she works with. We'll be right back after this brief commercial break. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect or CHD community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is CHDs Around the Globe, World Down Syndrome Day in the UK, and we're talking with Penny Green, who lives in the United Kingdom. Penny is an amazing mom to Daniel, a son who was born with Down Syndrome, and she's also the director of Down's Heart Group. So Penny, let's talk a little bit more now about Down's Heart Group, because we already established in the first segment that Daniel did have a heart defect, and we know that so many children are born with heart defects. How is it you became the director of that group, and tell us more about how people can find your group online. We'd not long had Daniel and we knew about his bowel condition and then his heart condition. They started treating his heart, but he was actually on the surgical ward. So as a lot of parents will know, when you use certain diuretics, strip the potassium and they can 
cause the child to start having fits so that was what we thought was happening and I was like oh no what else so I actually um, phoned the Down Syndrome Association in the UK and said what else can my son have I know this seems really negative but what else may we be facing? And they were very, very helpful. And then they told me about a fairly new group then who had a contact local to me who was for the Down's Heart Group, which was a group specifically for those families whose loved ones had got Down syndrome and a congenital heart defect. So I was put in contact with this local guy and from him I was put in contact with the founder of the group who was very, very supportive to me, answered all my questions, put me in contact with some other families. And then when we actually lost Daniel she was a bereaved parent too so she supported me through that and once I got a bit further down the line I felt that I wanted to try and do something to kind of make some sense out of his life so I volunteered to help the group not thinking particularly about what I could do and it just snowballed from there I started off as volunteer trying to organize some local groups and things and then I took on the national helpline and eventually it got to the point where I was putting in too many hours to do it as a volunteer so the decision was made and the role was created and I became the director. Wow, that's quite a whirlwind story. You tend to do things in a big way, Penny. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see these things coming up, Anna. It's a bit like when I suggested you doing the World Down Syndrome Day show. I thought we'd get somebody else to volunteer, not me. But hey, there you go. I open my mouth and jump right in. Yeah, that's what happens to us moms who have big mouths. <laughs> Believe me, it's happened to me too. Well, let's tell everybody what the URL is, Penny, so they okay. can come. Okay, it's www.dhg, and all our information and things are on there. We're quite happy for people to share that information. We know other countries have translated some of our information sheets into other languages and things. As long as we're credited for it, we're quite happy for it to be out there. Officially, we are a UK-based charity, but we do try to help families from anywhere else. So we get emails and things in messages on the Facebook group from all over the world, and we'll always do everything we can to try and support. It's just obviously we don't have the same kind of in-depth knowledge as we do about the units here in the UK. Right, right. But I was so impressed to see all the work you're doing in Nigeria. That's just amazing, Penny. It's quite heartbreaking, actually, Anna, when you know they don't have any heart surgery out there. So the medical services, the diagnosis for kiddies with Down syndrome is pretty poor anyway. The acceptance of children with disabilities is not good, and it's not unusual for them to be deserted, particularly out in more rural areas. But having been out there three times, looks like I may be going later this year as well. It's really great to see some of the parents actually now becoming empowered and raising awareness, taking their children out and actually being involved in promoting awareness and inclusion and helping support events such as the fundraisers that the foundation out there does, both to run their school and things that they do, but also to fund to get some children out to India, which is where they go for corrective heart surgery. Right. This show is going so fast, Penny, and I don't want to stop before we have a chance to talk about the heart defects that seem to be fairly predominant with children with Down syndrome. And as what you had talked about before, atrioventricular canal defect, also known as endocardial cushion defect, or it's frequently abbreviated, like you said, and it's a little bit tough when you hear the abbreviation, AV canal or AVSD, it sounds like a VSD, which it's not because a VSD is A1, ventricular septal defect, but atrioventricular septal defect is something totally different. So can you encapsulate 
very briefly what AVSD is, how these children have it, and how it is corrected? Okay, an AVSD is basically an ASD, a hole between the two top chambers, and a VSD, a hole between the two bottom chambers. And in its complete form, instead of having a separate mitral and tricuspid valve, they're kind of conjoined as one big valve in the middle. Some children do have the two separate valves, but still have the two holes. So obviously, when you're actually doing a repair, you have got to close those holes off in the central wall, the septum of the heart. And if the valve is conjoined, you've actually got as a surgeon to to take a big valve and separate it up and make two functioning valves out of it, which is quite complicated, I understand, from my surgical friends, but they're very good at doing it and very used to doing it in our children because something in the region of about 50% of children with Down syndrome will be born with an AVSD. It's not exclusive to Down syndrome, but it is so common in Down syndrome that if an AVSD is picked up on an antenatal scan, then there is a strong suspicion that the baby will have Down syndrome. Wow, you just did such a great job of explaining that very concisely. Thank you, Penny. I think that really will clear it up for a lot of people. What is the quality of life like for these children with Down syndrome? And how can we help them to have a better quality of life? Basically, for the vast majority in developed countries where surgery is available, being the is screening the Down syndrome medical interest groups in the UK and the US and various other countries all have routine screening programs that are supposed to be triggered the minute Down syndrome is diagnosed or even suspected in a baby so that they are actually consciously looking for things which obviously includes a congenital heart defect so they should be doing ECGs and ideally echocardiograms and checking so that they can diagnose early they can then look at treating with surgery ideally within the first three to six months of life for a lot of the children so that you're protecting them from lung damage that pulmonary hypertension causes. Once you've done that and they've had their surgery, a lot of them, although they'll need continued checks for the rest of their life, their quality of life is pretty much close to what it would have been without having the heart defect. So then they can just get on with life. Unfortunately, children with Down syndrome quite often have other medical issues as well. There's sort of an increased incidence of various things. But as I say, again, we now know about most of these. So things should be in place to kind of routinely screen them on regular intervals for things like thyroid problems. So then you're just basically down to education, which can be a bit of a problem depending on where you live. And I think from what I know of friends in the US, that's pretty much the same as it is over here. Some areas are good, some are not so good. And then employment and things life expectancy is increasing dramatically for people with down syndrome now that we actually recognize the chds and treat them even for those as well who've got unoperated conditions because we've got better medications antibiotics and things when they get chest infections and new drugs to treat pulmonary hypertension then a lot of them are actually living longer and with a better quality of life so basically about trying to get all these things in place getting the information out there and then just pushing acceptance and inclusion which is happening in the media a lot more we're now seeing you know children with disabilities children with down syndrome in advertising campaigns i know there have been some in the u.s we've had them over here major brands using people with disabilities and even now recently a couple of brands designing clothes specifically for children who may be a slightly different shape or have a colostomy bag or something like that so it's happening we just need to keep pushing it 
Yes, we do. That's a very positive note for us to end on. It's so nice to know that so many of our Down syndrome survivors are living a good quality of life and are living longer than they used to. We do have to take a quick commercial break, but don't leave yet, listeners, because when we come back, we're going to talk to Penny about carrying the Olympic torch. We'll be right back. Anna Jaworski has spoken around the world at congenital heart defect events, and she is available as a keynote or guest speaker for your event. Go to hearttoheartwithanna.com to learn more about booking Anna for your event. You can also find out more about the radio program. Keep up to date with CHD resources and information about advocacy groups, as well as read Anna's weekly blog. Anna wants you to stay well-connected and participate in the CHD community. Visit hearttoheartwithanna.com today to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today's show is CHDs Around the Globe, World Down Syndrome Day in the UK, and we're talking with Penny Green. She's the director of Down's Heart Group. So, Penny, I was so excited to see that you actually carried the Olympic torch in 2012. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? It was absolutely amazing. I think I just kind of floated along my 300 yards or whatever it was. There were so many people there. I was fortunate enough to actually carry it fairly local to where I live. There's a town that's a few miles up the road. And I've never seen so many people in the town. It was just incredible. And, of course, there was quite a few of our Downs Heart Group members had come along. and We'd got special T-shirts printed, so it was really great. A couple of people who knew me really well watched it live on torch cam on the internet and one of them who spotted straight away as I kind of took the flame from the person before me and went to start my stretch I looked up and she said to me that you were talking to Daniel and I said yeah actually I was oh. but it was it, <laughs> it was so it, wonderful oh my gosh <laughs> I was quite surprised that anybody spotted it. She obviously knows me well. It was sharing it with everybody. And I mean, afterwards, we had a breakfast at our local pub and all the kids were holding the torch. And that was one of the best things, I think, sort of the things you could do with it afterwards. I took it out to Nigeria. The kids out there were all doing the Usain Bolt sort of stance with it. And a local disability resource centre had the Paralympic flame come in and they asked me to go along with my torch and to see some severely disabled young people holding the torch and the looks on their faces was just absolutely amazing. And then, of course, there was opportunities as well to raise awareness by doing various fundraisers. I went to a shopping centre and we actually had four torch bearers together there. So people were kind of drawn to that and having photos taken and asking what we were all about. And then I had the opportunity to meet a few Olympians, Greg Rutherford, Etienne Stoughton, and actually talk to some of them. And Lord Sebastian Coe, that was the biggie. <laughs> Met them and was just able to talk about Down syndrome as well. So it was all great for raising awareness and making people aware of what we're doing. Well, that's just absolutely wonderful. I think they chose the right torchbearer. So, Penny, tell us what advice you have for parents of children born with Down syndrome today, especially if they find out in utero that their child will be born with Down syndrome. The best piece of advice I can give is to ask as many questions as you need to, find out as much information as you need to, to understand what your options are, that there are choices. It doesn't have to be the disaster you might necessarily first think or be led to think. 
Children with Down syndrome are first and foremost children. They haven't got three heads or anything, you know, they're not monstrous. They are just like other children. Yes, they have some issues that may cause them to develop slower. They may reach their milestones a bit slower. But with support, there are some amazing things going on. There are some amazing people. I mean, you out in the States have a, a friend of mine, Karen Gaffney. If you haven't heard of Karen, go on YouTube and look for Karen Gaffney and a TED Talk TED, and she will blow you away. So look at some of these things. Don't be pushed into a decision. Think carefully about what your options are and make a decision that's right for you. Meet other families, talk to other people, and above all, consider all options. These days, very few families are offered a suggestion of adoption as a possibility of not wanting to bring the child up but not wishing to have a termination. It's sad because there are actually a lot of people out there who are very happy and, and wanting to adopt children with Down syndrome but it very often doesn't get passed on to families who are considering perhaps having a termination. And then think about how you might feel if you do terminate because more and more people with Down syndrome are appearing in the media and so you're going to be faced with that probably far more than you realize at the moment so how are you going to feel about it yes we're all scared when we find out whether we find out before or not we're all scared parenting a child with down syndrome comes with challenges but to be perfectly honest parenting any child comes with challenges <laughs> Oh my gosh, absolutely. You are so right. And I love all of your advice. It is so true that you need to discover what all of your options are. And I love how you said to consider adoption instead of termination, because I don't think that is a pathway that is investigated often enough. And there are families out there, childless families, or even families that do have children who are experiencing problems in conceiving another child, and they would gladly welcome into their home a child with down syndrome so i think that there are a lot of us who consider children of all abilities to be gifts from god yeah absolutely whether you're religious or not it is a privilege to be a parent i think and as i say they all come with issues and let's face <laughs> it we all get these classes before the baby arrives about what's going to happen and then you get shown how to give them their first bath and all these things and then when it starts getting really hard when they start answering your back and misbehaving there's no help available at all you're on your own <laughs> is so true that is so true there's nothing like on the job training when you're a parent and it's all on the job training well thank you so much penny for coming on this show today this has been so much fun oh thank you Anna. it's been great chatting with you and thanking you for helping us to raise awareness of down syndrome and at such an important time as we celebrate world down syndrome day and hopefully helping to reach out to some more families because it is different for our families and a lot of parents will tell you this if you have a child with chd that's one thing if you have a child with down syndrome that's another but our families fit in the middle of both of those and so they kind of almost need their own special place I think you're right. And I think they do fit in both worlds, but I think you're right. They have their own special challenges. And you did a great job of informing people a little bit more today. And now they know where they can go get even more information on the internet. And that concludes this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today. Please come back next week on Tuesday at noon Eastern time for a brand new episode. Please find and like us on Facebook. Check out our website, hearttoheartwithanna.com and our Cafe Press Boutique. Follow our radio show on Blog Talk Radio and Spreaker and share information with our radio show with others. Congenital heart defects do occur all over the world, but remember, you are not alone. Music
Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you've been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time. We'll talk again next week. 